Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and our mission here is to help the world become a happier place, one person at a time. And today, on our second episode, I thought it would be worth spending a little bit of time, but not too much, (laughs) talking about who I am and why I'm doing this podcast now. So this podcast is entitled, Who is Sean Brown? And in it, I want to almost take you back in time slightly and explain why this journey of being you, happiness, authenticity, peace, and a life of joy that encompasses all those things is so important to me. And hopefully it gives you a little bit of context of where I'm coming from. And so that's what this episode is going to be all about. I hope you enjoy it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. And I hope wherever you're listening to this from, your day is well and your day is blessed. And I hope by the end of this, you're feeling chill, a bit more chill, a bit more relaxed, and that the rest of your day goes on to be great also. So let's get going. Who is Sean Brown exactly? Well, I am a husband to the beautiful, amazing Anne-Marie Brown. I am also the father to two children, Nathan Brown and Ava Brown. And I'm also a dog dad. I don't know if that's the right phrase. I don't know if I'm a dog dad. I obviously didn't produce <laughs> I didn't produce the dog. But I actually have a dog and he's a great friend of mine and sometimes an adversary, but mostly a friend. <laughs> and his name is Ziggy. He's incredible. He's a little golden doodle. Um, he's so cute and he's so funny. And he's just so silly. He's yeah, he's great to have around. So that's that's our little family unit, and we reside now in Huddersfield, West Yorkshire. Um, totally ideal place for us because I've realised as I'm getting older that I love the outdoors, I love countryside settings, I love you know wide open fields and greens, I love um, trees, I love nature in that way, in that, that particular setting, and so. Yorkshire is perfect for me in that regard. I mean, a few minutes down walk down the road from where I live, we've got some woods there that I take Ziggy in pretty much every morning on a regular basis. That's how I start most of my days. And on the other side of my garden is my pride and joy, which is our family allotment plot. I absolutely love being out there. I grow all sorts. I literally could produce a podcast all about the allotment but I ain't going to do that just yet, <laughs> but I easily could. It's a passion of mine. It's a passion of our families, actually. Um, we love it. We produce lots of things out there. You know, currently, as I'm, I'm as I'm producing this podcast, we've got onions out there. We've got garlic out there in the greenhouse. We've got the broccoli. We've got purple broccoli. We've got bro- um, green broccoli. We've got tomatoes. We've got all sorts. We've got carrots, parsnips. I could go on and on. We love it. We love it. There's something amazing about taking something from seed and taking it all the way to it producing fruit. It's a very, very satisfying journey. And this is a total aside, a side note. But if anybody's um, ever been interested in that, but never got going with it, trust me, give it a go. It is so satisfying. It's absolutely an amazing journey. It's well worth it. And my tip would be start with something simple, maybe do some spuds, chuck them in a big tub, Water them, look after them, and you'll get a, you know, you'll reap some, you'll get a yield from that. Maybe some garlic, onions, something, something simple. Look, I'm getting, I told you I could do a podcast. I could easily do a podcast on allotments and gardening. So I ain't going to go too deep into that. Um, but I just wanted to, you know, sort of give a little bit of detail about 
where I'm at now and, and sort of our family background. But I want to sort of go back in time now and I want to sort of start to flesh out a few key moments in my own journey of self-discovery. And what I'd say about this journey of self-discovery is that it's not over. And in fact, I don't think anybody's journey of self-discovery is ever over. It is a journey that is infinite. And what I found is every time you think you've arrived, you then look out and you see a whole new landscape to explore. No matter how spiritually advanced someone may seem, those who really embody what we're talking about here always seem to be moving on towards deeper expansion, deeper expression, deeper knowing of or deeper grounding in what they've been exploring. And so my journey of self-discovery is far from complete. And as I say, I don't think it will ever be complete in this lifetime or in any subsequent lifetimes. I see it as something that is infinite and never-ending. However, there have been moments that have been key and important, and I wanted to take some time to go back and, and, and briefly cover them. And so up until the age of, you know, 16, 18, actively thinking about self-discovery was non-existent in my life. I was a very, very happy kid. Um, in general, my default setting is pretty happy, pretty positive, and not in a way where I'm, it's forced or I'm trying to be that way. I was just blessed that I sort of operate that way most of the time. But when I got to university, a friend of mine was studying business studies. And I remember one day being in his, his, um, you know, his dorm room, and he had a book on his shelf, and I was just leafing through it. And I was like, what is this book about? And the title was, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, anybody who's listening to this who is interested or was interested or has any knowledge of the personal development field will know this book. It is a classic in the field. And this was my first time discovering books and literature like this. You know, I studied literature at university, so reading something that I've always been, I've always loved. But up until that point, everything that I read, everything that I read by choice was fiction you know, great stories. You'll have to hit me up and let me know what your favorite stories are. Back then, I liked big tones. So I was all about like Lord of the Rings, you know, and, and books like that. And then in university, you know, I was exposed to a wider diversity of literature from different time periods and from different cultures. But as I say, my uni days and before that was all about reading fiction. So I see this nonfiction book and it's talking about how to be highly effective what blew my mind about this book and what blew my mind about the personal development sort of genre when I found it and I started to dive into it was this is the first time I'd found books that had a, had a premise in them that was completely different to anything that I'd known before. And the premise was basically there are things that you are not aware of. There are things that you can learn about how to be a person that will allow you to be a more effective person. I mean, it's in the title of that book. And that's the premise of all personal development work. And so I spent many, many years after my curiosity was sort of piqued by that one book. I then spent many years after that getting into reading personal development material, um, reading lots of personal development books, trying to action the things that were mentioned in these books. And look, I did that for a very long period of time. As I say, I discovered um, the seven habits of highly effective people around the age 18 I then started to read books of that nature a lot more heavier in my early 20s. So there's a period of time where I just did uni and all of that. But then after that, early 20s, 
I started to get into those books pretty heavy um, around the time that I met my wife to be Anne Marie. Um, I read a lot of those books a lot of the time and was very passionate about them. And, you know, they were great for me at the time because I'd never been exposed to that type of literature before. Now, take a bit of a big jump forward. Um, one side effect I had of reading these books was I started to take my life and almost take myself very seriously. And anybody who knows me now will know that that's probably not that authentic a representation of who I am. Now, as I say, we change, we evolve and we grow and we develop. One thing I found in that period was, although I was taking all these great material and all of that, as I say, I started to set up this life experience where everything didn't seem to be quite adequate in terms of my own achievements and my performance. And I, and, and I went through this phase of constantly feeling like I, I've, not, I've not arrived yet and I need to get better. And until I get better, something's off and something's wrong in my life. And so my perception of development was slightly warped by that because prior to that, I still enjoyed getting better at things and developing things, but I wasn't as attached to getting to the end. I wasn't as worried about making it as I started to become, as I started to read this material. And there's a reason why I'm talking about this because after many years of reading this material and actually then being involved in a world where everyone around me was sort of in very heavy in this material as well, because in my second run at wanting to be a personal coach, I started to get quite a bit of traction and quite a bit of attention. And so then I was around a lot of people who were also, you know, into this type of material. What I found happening, strangely enough, was I started to want to put it all down. And what was challenging about this was that I now had people around me who were almost coming to me for material of a similar nature, but I could feel the rumblings of my evolution starting to happen. I'll never forget I was doing a talk um, a few years back. And in that talk, for the first time, I talked about this in public and I described it as my personal development meltdown. And what I meant by that was I got to almost like a breaking point with personal development where I just went, I, I don't want to read any of this anymore. I need to put it down. And so I, 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 I literally stopped reading it for, for a period and, and haven't really picked it up again since. Um, I had a mentor around that time and I, I, I ended the relationship with that mentor as well. So there was a big, there was a big shift where I had a point of focus around this journey of self-discovery and that focal point was personal development. And then that no longer felt like it was where I wanted to go, but nothing else took its place straight away. So I was almost left in this place where I could just chill, just breathe, reset, and just almost get back into life in a way where I wasn't constantly appraising myself, assessing myself and judging myself. And that was really refreshing. But in that gap that was left, in that space that was left, something else started to emerge. And this was the beginning of looking into and understanding the spiritual nature of life, you know, in, in regards to myself and, and my own spiritual nature. And so I started to read again. And again, it was nonfiction that I was into. But instead of reading the personal development books and looking to the personal development um, figures, 
I started to discover new voices that were saying things that were slightly different and the emphasis was slightly different. So I started to read um, things like um, Gavin Grinning now. <laughs> Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. That was one, one thing I read. Um, and I read the whole series. Um, there's, there's many books that he, that he um, wrote, great author. And I started to look into his work. Um, the work of Alan Watts, lots of it is freely available on YouTube. I started listening to him. I listened, started listening to a book called um, Course in Miracles. And what I found when I started listening to all of this was I didn't really get what they were saying straight away. Um, oh, and shout out to Michael Neal as well. Um, Michael Neal had a book and, I, and the name escapes me right now. But um, that was another author who I was listening to at the time. And these people were pointing to something completely different to what had been pointed to in the personal development world. The personal development world had been talking about personal success and striving and being the best and all of that. And, you know, that's all very exciting. It sounds great. However, these books were talking about something that resonated with me much more. And what they were pointing to was finding the truth of who you are in like the, the complete truth of who you are and in resting and residing in the truth of who you are, something about that journey brings you to a point of peace. It brings you to a point of happiness and it brings you to a point where you can integrate in the world. You can still, you can still be active. You can still want to do things. You can still achieve things, but the, the, the tone that that takes, the tone that that journey has, has now profoundly shifted and changed. And that for me was absolutely fascinating and still is, and still is very much so today. And that shift was the deepening of my journey. It was a turning away from personal development, not because it was wrong, because look, I, I, I obviously needed it at some level. I spent a lot of time reading it and taking it in. I don't know why I needed it, but I did. And so I would never turn around and say to people that, you know, the personal development journey and reading all that literature is necessarily wrong. But it got to a point where it was no longer for me and I recognized there was something else that I wanted to move into and grow into and to delve deeper into and to sort of settle my focus there. And I did that by moving into, as I say, looking at work that was more about spirituality at first. And then as I went down the road, started to look at... um a philosophical perspective called non-duality. And these, these different sort of slants that all of these philosophies take, they all were helpful for completely different reasons. However, the, one, the ones for me that now seem to have more ground and more scope for like this ever deepening understanding would be non-duality and spirituality. Now this isn't, I'm not going to go deep into the nuances of what non-duality are right now. But what I would basically say, just to summarize it really quickly is this, if duality means me and other, this and that, Non-duality is about closing that space between me and other and this and that and seeing all as one. So it's the close, it's the ending, 
is the is the philosophy of exploring and deepening and 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 understanding and and eventually expressing the essence of who we are, which is that which is not separate from anything or anyone else. And a realization of that is very difficult to express in words. It is. However, once experienced, even just lightly, there's something about that experience that pulls you into wanting to, to, to know more, to discover more, to, to express that more, to bring that into your life more. It's almost like nurturing a seed. Sorry to bring it back to the greenhouse again. But the, the, the understanding of, of, of non-duality and everything that it implies starts as a seed. And then our job is to nurture that understanding. Then as we nurture that understanding, it almost takes a life of its own and becomes more prominent in our life on its own. It's a very natural process, very natural process. And that whole realm is 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 where I'm at now in terms of my own journey of self-discovery. So the old metrics of success, you know, getting that paper, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting the paper and, and, and there isn't, but those, those metrics, and there's many of them, you know, I'll just use that one because that's the one that came to mind first, but those metrics, although they're still there, they're not now the definition of who I am and that's massively important and massive relief, nor are they the definition of who you are, no matter how deeply you believe that they may be, they are not and never were. And when we realize that, it, it opens the obvious question, well, if life isn't about winning at those metrics, what is life actually about? Now, I'm not going to answer that for you here because I don't want to take away that discovery. But it's worth looking into. If life isn't just about getting paid, getting buff, getting in a relationship, getting a nice house, then getting a bigger one, then getting a bigger one and keeping just doing all of that, you know, that material sort of game until the end of your days. If life just isn't about that, then what is it about? And somewhere deep in all of us, we know this. Like we all have had moments where we recognize that. We recognize there's a deeper, more essential quality to us. And whether we can put words to it or we can't, whether we could, you know, have a conversation about it or not, none of that matters. What matters is that we've all at moments recognized the nature which is beyond just the material world of what I just described before. There's something grander. And we've all had that question of, is there some, there must be something more to life than this? Well, there is. And the discovery of that and the realignment of ourselves with who we truly are, for me anyway, and I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, has been an incredible journey of opening up to a deeper level of happiness, a deeper level of peace, and a deeper level of stability, which is not dependent upon material stability or any other any other material stability that you can think of. It's like a peace and a wellness that, that is not shaken by the events of the world. And the world is shaking a lot right now. Like the world is shaking, man. Like there's all kinds of things going on. But one thing I've observed is that you go back to any era of time, there's always things going on. There's the, 
very rarely has there been a time in the world where it's it's been like a utopia and everything is perfectly balanced and everything's perfectly at peace. If you can find one, please enlighten me to what it is. But I've never seen that in, in everything that I've read about and everything that I've studied. But as I say, I'm not a massive history buff, so I may be wrong. So maybe it's not about the world being a utopia in order for us to be happy. Maybe instead it's about us finding that happiness that is not disturbed by the world not being a utopia. So that was a little bit about me and a little bit about my my journey of self-discovery up to this point. And now everybody who's, who's listening to this podcast, if you continue to listen, you you become an, an, an active part in my journey of self-discovery. And hopefully I become an active part in yours. And together we can continue to explore we can continue this journey of knowing who we truly are, the, the, the deepest truths they are to know about life and what it's all about, and to continue to share that journey together. And as I said at the beginning, one person at a time, one discovery at a time, one insight at a time, slowly but surely arrive home within ourselves and then rest in that peace and that joy and that everyday happiness. I think I'm going to leave it there for this episode. I hope this episode has given you time and space, obviously to listen to what my, my journey has been, but maybe to reflect back on your journey of self-discovery. And if you don't want to reflect back, I get that, maybe to turn your eye forward. And, you know, dust off those questions again, dust off those lines of inquiry that we may have put down because life seems to not have time for them. There's always time for reflection. And whenever it seems like I don't have time to slow down and reflect, that might be the world saying, yo, you really need to slow down and reflect. (laughs) Because it pays massive dividends. So, I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, be you, be blessed, and I'll see you on the next episode.